0: Hi Simon, how's it going? Hey, good.
1: Uh, good
0: to talk to you again. Awesome, awesome. So it's, uh, I want like to talk about a few things, and um, as usual, uh, what I do is that a little bit of investigation on on uh, on who I'm talking to uh, on Twitter. Even obviously, uh, we you know we've been known for for a while uh, because of the Irish tech news. And, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're also, in my opinion, one of the most active people here in Ireland um, is in relation to technology and information, which is great. So the first thing is that I saw that you pinned a tweet about um, Irish Tech News saying that you launched at the beginning of 2014. How was uh, the beginning with Irish Tech News?
1: Yeah, um, I I guess it's been uh, like... January, February of 2018, the traffic went up times four. And, you know, we had a good joke that we were an overnight success because obviously, as you say, it was four years to, to achieve that. So I guess from the beginning, we, we knew where we wanted to go and we knew how we wanted to do it. And, and we've seen other people try to, to burn faster and quicker, but we knew that it was probably going to take a while to, to grow. And, and growth has had a kind of snowball kind of process that um it's not that the articles are four times best than they were four years ago but it takes a while to build up your audience as well as your content and the content's evolved too because at, earlier back in the day it was more maybe of a gadget review and phone review stuff but for different reasons we evolved into the entrepreneurial stories and uh, innovators and biotech and fintech and then more recently blockchain so i guess it's been a process and we we had an idea of where we wanted to go, and then we looked for cool things to help us to grow. There's, there's a nice podcast we run that we co that we guest host about RoboHub, about innovations in robotics. So I think we're always looking to partner and grow, um, and therefore we're, we're at the place we are because because we knew where we wanted to go, but we knew it would take time as well.
0: Awesome. And um, I've, you know, I moved to Europe in Ireland in 2008. And I remember at the time uh, there were really few uh, big IT companies, mostly from the US, like PayPal, Apple, etc. Uh, but uh, it's only recently that I've seen a growing culture in relation to startups. Um, I've seen a growing number of um, angels investors uh, becoming interested in uh, investing in young. Uh, projects young companies uh, here in Ireland and I, f- I, f- I found it very fascinating because obviously um, especially to uh, people that know me in US uh, they remember um, uh, stories like stripe uh, stripe uh-huh. who comes from Ireland but then went to us yep. uh, I remember they went to the Y combinator and uh, and then later on they, they literally you know took over uh, which is great but um I've, I saw a lot of companies, especially at the Web Summit, um, both the one here in Ireland and the one um, in 2016 uh, in, uh, in Portugal. Um, I've seen a lot of um, Irish um, startups uh, uh, that they're literally like exploring, uh, trying to find out new avenues. Um, what do you think is the current situation in Ireland as far as awareness? Uh, For technology startups. Do you think it's a it's only a Dublin thing or it's also in Galway in Cork in other cities? Okay
1: Yeah, so look, I mean I guess
0: First of all the big
1: companies came and and, uh, obviously when you have no big companies here you want the big companies. Then the concern was, well, are they just routing money through here? Is Ireland just a sweatshop kind of? And luckily, thankfully, and intentionally too, uh, the big companies here brought talent. And exactly, I mean, and people like you who are not originally Irish but have chosen to stay here. And you know, they in effect it seeded a startup scene. Uh, the, and also, you have like, and I've met a lot of people that did work for Google in Dublin for a while, and then decided that they wanted to develop their own idea, which is the classic startup route, which I think everybody hoped would emerge. And say, say, for example, even though Wira closed, it, it didn't matter because by at that point there were many incubators and accelerators in places around Dublin, and therefore, you know, the the, the hope for evolution about four or five years ago, at a lot of events in Dublin, you'd hear people talking about Israel and Israel was a startup nation and why can't Ireland be like that? Whereas the conversation has moved on and now there's a more nuanced awareness of the fact that Israel does some things well but Ireland does other things, different things perhaps better like localization and growth and things that Israel can't necessarily do. So Ireland worked out that it wanted to be more of a startup place not just a host for Apple and Google which are fine but at the same time startup companies um that grow here then you know um become more successful and um, there's a couple of fintech ones that they did it uh, with pat Feel and, and uh, trustev for, for example where they did it they sold it and then they've become angels which is the classic thing that you want to happen that people grow businesses here become successful and then with the money then reinvest in other businesses and then also you're saying about isn't just Dublin, but uh, we have, our team are distributed in Galway, Limerick, Cork, Belfast, and Dublin. And in all of those cities, there are startup centres, incubators, and the culture, and also with the IDA, you know they're looking to have businesses not just be based in Dublin, so that they might go to Donegal or somewhere. And again, you have the spin-offs of people who come to work for the companies and then leave, but but like the area and develop startups. So I think I think we're in a very healthy and positive position, better than 10 years ago, where we have the startups and they're not just in Dublin, and there's a thriving scene. So I think it's very positive. And again, I mean Ireland is a small country, so. It's not going to dominate in everything, but it's worked out. Find your niches, grow in your niches, and scale out quickly out of the country. So I, th- I think it's more
0: than just Dublin, and I think it's a healthy thing. Yeah, definitely. And uh, also, as a personal experience, um, I was about four months ago, I was in San Francisco, and um, I went there for a technology conference, and, and I had a uh-huh. chance to check a little bit of, uh, you know the you know, the classic uh, Silicon Valley scene, and you know the, the startups that are trying to compete with the, the technology giants that particularly dominate, you know, the uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. But um, I've, in my opinion, maybe for uh, you know, Ireland uh, is also uh, has the advantage or don't have that push to sell out. Um, because a lot of those startups, they're, they're not really focused on research and development, they're more looking into build a product and put it in the market as soon as possible, basically, and, and literally trying to cash out. Well, in Ireland, there is a, maybe there is, there is a, the right situation to look more for, uh, for quality, uh, because the, we, there's not, we don't have that rush um, to sales that is present in certain countries, like in US or in the or in UK so yeah let yeah. me think I mean, about tricky, that, that it, because it, there are pros and cons because obviously silicon valley
1: area per capita more investors but at the same time investors with higher expectations and maybe looking to flip faster and then you might get as, as the founder you, you might get sucked in get funding and get burned out and spat out the other side whereas over here you might grow slower have a harder struggle for investment. but when you get the investment it's the right investment and and you have a more sustainable company. So, look, I mean, I I think, like you say, going over there is always super interesting. At the same time, you go over there too, particularly San Francisco, and you have all the issues with housing and quality of labor and, you know, your staff getting poached by other people. So, like, I know a lot of young guys coming out of Ireland who think that streets are lined with gold and the grass is greener over there, but equally many others Realise
0: that Ireland is a great place to grow your business as well. Yeah, and what, what do you think about, yeah, you know, the whole startup uh, role in the jobs world, for example? Um, do you think that um, for Ireland, um, it will actually be an advantage? Uh, it will actually create more uh, more job positions and help the economy. Because um, right now, as um, we're talking, there is uh, there is a lot of investments and a lot of company coming from outside um, in Ireland and uh, creating jobs, recruiting people, etc. Uh, but it would be very interesting to see um, technology companies that are from Ireland. Um, you know, we've seen this in the pharmaceutical industry, board, for technology, and seeing what will be the result with the new generation, uh, which is a lot more. Uh, Technology-sensitive, um, you know, uh, technology-driven uh, than the previous generation, where technology was okay. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get this degree, and therefore I'm gonna get this job. Nowadays, technology is more a lifestyle, and, and therefore offers uh, more avenues and more uh, uh, possibilities. What do you think? Uh, how do you think this will integrate? So we have this growth of startups, but they have a slow uh, lifetime. Uh, slow growth uh, but stable Uh, and then you have on the other side uh, more and more people that they are proficient are fluent in in technology in development uh, they come up with great skills at the same time they have access to more and more information and and quality education how do you think the two things will come up together in say in the next uh, four years or five years
1: yeah look i mean so i guess for one insight i have to this is is i have worked with a few recruitment companies and you know they just in ireland they just can't find enough qualified people to fill you know python programmers java database integrators and stuff so you know i think therefore if if you're irish and looking to work in this area it's a fantastic opportunity because there are almost more jobs than there are people to fill them and you know so the the recruiters are looking to russia italy spain and beyond argentina you know to to try and bring over enough people so therefore they're definitely creating the jobs and then the challenges is whether they can find enough people to fill them um and then if you're talking about technology in general um i I i think we're also moving to a point i mean i think you know, as more and more things come out, that you know, it turns out that Facebook have been selling private conversations to third parties. Um, I think, I think we've we're reaching a point where people are, are re-questioning that just because something can be done, and just because something technology has driven something, is it necessarily a good thing? Uh, and at what cost um, are we getting the things that we get? And I think because of this, you know, it's an interesting time, and I wonder if people beginning to think about yeah it's free but obviously if it's free it's 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 taking elements of me and who i am and and do i necessarily want all of that information so I i think the fact that they brought gdpr in is good and and yeah i think no one has completely worked out the implications of what that means versus the services that we've been using so i guess one yeah there's a big opportunity and there's lots of work in this area at the same time just because something can be built I think there still needs to be some thinking about does it need to be built? And, you know, we've, for now, we've kind of seeded a lot of how things are done to come to private companies rather than government policy and i think we have to work with that one out and push it back and work out you know you know should facebook be deciding who we vote for now obviously they would say that that's not really what happened but the more it digs into and the more data that i think people are less sophisticated than they like to think they are and you know the the data was mined to work out personal profiles of people to create things that would resonate with you to make you do things and i think there's still a whole area in terms of ethics and things like that i guess i've just been reading the 21 lessons for the 21st century by the israeli author and i I think we've moved very fast into an area but we haven't necessarily thought about all of the implications of of where we are and you know if we look at you know say you know the kids who've only ever known this and have a swipe like behavior and tension spans i think there's a lot of things still to look at. just to, to go technology is good but 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 what what are the costs that we're you know incurring by embracing it you know 24 7.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the same author of Omodius, uh, which is a great yes. book. Uh, yeah, he points out, along with uh, a bunch of other people, uh, like Niall um, Tyson, uh, the astrophysicist, uh, and a bunch of other great educators, they all point um, to the fact. That uh, technology is growing exponentially while uh, humankind is kind of like trying to chase uh, with all the tools and with more and more um, consumer level technology, which is being introduced uh, basically every, every quarter, so, four between three or four times every year. Um, in the last four or five years, we have new technologies that are introduced on a consumer level, which is a great thing, but at the same time, um, there is no, there's no training. Like People they are just using the yeah. technology, they don't know how it works. They don't know what is yeah. in the back end and they don't know the, uh, the, the, the consequences of using technology and how to handle it. And I guess that's why also um, we had so many issues with uh, uh, security vulnerabilities and, uh, and the raising awareness around um, privacy and data protection and one of the, um, one of the uh, contemporary um, topics in technology um, which you, you you cover extensively uh, on your Twitter profile and on Irish technology news uh, is the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, As you know, it's kind of like a rediscovered technology because it's been around for a while. Um, First we had, you know, uh, distributed uh, systems, you know, people discovering things like Dropbox and Google Drive. And then we had decentralized um, systems like Bitcoin is is a clear and very popular uh, um, application of the blockchain, which has literally become super hyped. Uh, in 2017, along with uh, other major uh, cryptos like Ethereum and Dash and so forth. Uh, But right now, um, what I notice is that uh, more and more people are getting uh, interested in the blockchain as the technology itself, so I've seen things like decentralized apps um, you know, a lot of interesting projects from the Ethereum community uh, yes. trying to trying to look for uh, solutions. Even, for example, in things like uh, voting and uh, countries where yep. uh, corruption is dominating, and uh, people are saying, like, okay, why don't we create an application which is decentralized? And in, in you know, in um, in simple words, um, create a system where we have literally timestamps, and and everybody can look at this timestamp yep. and see what happens. A sort of a time machine and um, so you now it's you know we're at the beginning of 2019 so it's you know it's a little bit um would be a little bit crazy to try to um, you know to, to make assumptions on what will be uh, what will happen to the blockchain uh, technology what what we're going to see happening uh, during this year but we definitely have seen that uh, just like any you know new thing uh, or anything which becomes mainstream um, we kind of burned the hype around blockchain with, uh, with you know, with the cryptos. And this is for you know, for people whether they were looking obviously for uh, you know, cash out easy, uh, yeah. know, get rich quick schemes, you know, all this kind of stuff, which is uh, all over the place on on platforms like YouTube. Uh, but right now, um, you know, we're seeing, for example, I've seen on your on your Twitter page very interesting um, examples of um, yeah. applications of. The blockchain in third-world countries to create a new sustainable economy. Uh, now, what is your opinion on uh, the blockchain itself as a technology? Do you think it's sustainable? Is scalable? Um, you've been around the world giving lectures about uh, cryptos and blockchain, so I will really be interested in knowing your opinion, your point of view, on what you think are the actual potentials of this extremely interesting technology.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, so I guess the great thing is, is Um, probably researched in 2016 and published in 2017 was the blockchain revolution by uh, Don and Alex Tapscott which really outlined the use case potential of areas where blockchain type technologies, blockchain but like it's already, you could say that with Hyperledger and a few other variations you know we, we may be into several versions of it but basically it could be transformative in terms of land ownership and things which up until now in places like maybe Zimbabwe, where you know someone comes in and just changes all the records, and then you know you've lost your farm. You know, uh, in these areas, moving away from the hype of Bitcoin going up and down, blockchain could be a very useful technology. And therefore, I think that's those are the areas to focus on. And like you say, I did tweet recently because uh, somebody you know put out the the, the same old chart about the uh, the Gartner. The, the the hype cycle and and the, we're in the valley of disillusionment and and I and I just felt that it was a slightly lazy comment because the thing is is that yes things get hyped yes expectations get over pumped up too fast some in in many ways the mainstream media is a bit of a problem because it's it's too complex to write about several thousand cryptocurrencies it's too complex to write about the intricacies of blockchain it's simpler to write about price goes up price goes down the technology hasn't delivered but the reality is is that i mean and again as a You know, as an ex-software engineer, like things take longer than you'd like them to work because there are bugs, you have to check things, you have to run 101 scenarios and then you find edge cases. So this doesn't mean that the technology is bad, wrong or won't work. This just means that while with crowdfunding you could raise several million in, in a week or 30 days or three months, To build it and build it well still takes time and, you know, often to build it takes a lot longer than to raise the money. And so therefore, I think people forgot that a little bit and they thought, oh, look, if I, you know, if we raise the money, then why isn't it working by tomorrow? Whereas, like you say, with elections and stuff, it could be really useful. It could be, you know, like Ireland dipped its water in with e-voting and then kind of recoiled because, you know, it, it didn't really have it right. But with blockchain and it being decentralized, it could be great. I mean, if we think about, you know, the hanging chads in Florida and, you know, important elections have been in the in the past, in the, in the recent past, decided by human decision intervention rather than, you know, the, the black or white. It's on the blockchain. It's, you know, there's either 51% voting for you or there's not. And in those areas, and like you said, and in the tweet I mentioned, I wanted just to mention technologies that are actually doing things just to get us away from hype and bubble conversations about price of bitcoin and instead look at where is it working and what things is it really doing that's useful and and the thing is there are a lot out there and most of them are just getting on with it and building the product and the classic thing is, is that you might not be the only one building the product there might be four other people who've got a similar product so then it's about how do you build a network how do you get happy clients and a lot of that goes back to the techniques of any good business that you've you work with your clients you make sure your clients are happy to a point you know the customer's always right until they're a pain in the ass kind of thing but you know these are good business principles regardless of its blockchain or not and i think the ones that are going to succeed are going to combine innovative cutting-edge technology with smart business practices as well so you know i think things are going well, but obviously mainstream media got everyone excited that, you know, but last winter you're going to make billions on your Bitcoin. And then obviously, unfortunately, they just got played by, because on the other hand, a few people own a very large amount of Bitcoin and therefore everyone else is slightly chasing the fumes on that one because you know if you're buying 18,000 but the original guys bought it at less than 3,000 they're already up and you're probably the one who's going to get burnt on it so that's why I think it's more important to look at blockchain and elections and land ownership and interesting things that it can do i think that's that's the value not whether your price is going to go up 10% tomorrow
0: yeah definitely and um also i think that uh, you know, based on my observation, um, you know the blockchain, uh, uh, the concept behind the technology, um, it's very interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, it, you know, it's being reflected properly uh, in the third markets, uh, in my opinion, because. We as the first world, um, you know, I'm talking about from the economic, economic perspective in the infrastructure, um, we tend to forget uh, the values uh, behind innovations. Uh, we try to um, be very subjective uh, when new things are introduced, uh, and and also lose the uh, the point, the focus on the community aspect of uh, technology, because. All the major um, innovations and also all the big um, technology giants, uh, they leverage heavily on developers, communities and and on extremely high level uh, customer service because they know that feedback uh, is extremely important. And in the case of uh, blockchain, I've seen uh, interesting applications in Africa, as you just mentioned, also in Southeast Asia, uh, because they they didn't have... You know, we, we experienced the you know a banking infrastructure, an economic infrastructure, economy infrastructure. So somehow right now, um, you know, we're comparing to what is the past, and then we're creating hypes. But if you go in the third world where the banking infrastructure is just bad or non-existing, uh, it's kind of like a straight jump into the innovation. Just like this, they, yeah. they they jump straight into smartphones and they bypassed. And, you know the you know the desktop computers and smartphones are in mean that's why, popular that's
1: you know So M-Pesa in Kenya, you know, it's great because it was secure mobile payments. And like you say, it bypassed the fact that people didn't have banks, didn't have access to the traditional network. And then again, like on social media, someone's talking about, you know, a whole bunch of companies, uh, Facebook and Instagram and all of this. And they they completely forgot to include WeChat. And and yeah, you know, what the Chinese have done is probably transformative. And and again, while Stripe are cool, you know, we WeChat, WeChat have more business transactions running through through their platform than, than, than the Western ones do. So, you know, and, and often when people look at this, 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 where will fintech innovation, financial technology innovation come from, it's probably going to be China, India and Africa because you've got the numbers using it. You've got lower levels. Of technology that then people just jump straight in, like you say, they don't have the legacy, and it's a super interesting. Um, and therefore, Zipcoin is the reason one we were looking at it, like, to try and work out remittances because up until now, you know, the, the, the money that the price that Western Union charges is to get, for the people to send the money back home, back to Western uh, to developing countries um, from from where they work, is 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 you know punitive. So therefore, there's a massive opportunity, and you know, I guess I, I completely agree with you and we've been fortunate in that we've been sent a lot of books Harvest, business press and other guys case studies of what's happening innovation in china in india and in africa and it's the chinese investing in africa and it's you know the chinese moving factories out of india because out of china because the costs are too high over to India or Africa and, and this is where the innovation is happening and it's a place to watch and I guess in some ways it makes sense if you've got less resources you have to be more creative um, because conversely I have worked with some uh, very large western companies that probably had too much money too much R&D and too many people and, and years pass and releases don't come out in time so uh, I, I think that is where it's the place to watch. I mean, I'm due to go to South Korea in a couple of weeks and I'm super interested to go over there because in some ways, one you know, that's a country that in 30 to 50 years has massively changed and and now it's, it's probably a world leader in many areas of technology. So I, I think, you know, we have to get out of a Western-centric perspective because... Outside of there, the, these the rest of the world are moving fast, and it's super interesting.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen uh, the Economist uh, recently published an article. I think it was before Christmas um, about some of the uh, you know like the introductions in uh, some of the companies that are going to be introduced in the uh, uh, in the Western world in 2019, including uh, China Air, uh, which um, if I, I believe, i am correct, they're going to introduce a flight. Uh, from London to Sydney for uh, 340 dollars dollars which is incredible wow. if you think okay. about it yeah. and, uh, and this is going to go and compete um, you know, right next to Ryanair for as in Europe or to American um, Airlines or any other Virgin Atlantic etc and um, this is somehow um, showing that even at the level of huge companies um, it's kind of necessary uh, to go beyond the old school uh, concept of uh, nationalism, and um, I remember um, actually uh, Yuval Harari, um, as a historian, mm-hmm. he mentioned several times uh, the concept of uh, uh, global liberal order, and um, which is a very interesting concept, um, and it uh, he describes pretty much in details, um, I think, it's in the book. Uh, um, Deus, the fact that cooperation, uh, which is what allowed uh, humans to move, uh, you know, further from you know, Stone Age, and then Industrial Revolution, and then it goes back into these phases of, um, you know, cent- central um, identifying central units instead, and then you know, and divide instead of unify and cooperate, and then when the time comes and the a civilization reaches a saturation point, uh, which this could be on a global level or, uh, you know, specific for certain content continents. Then groups of people will start to point to the fact that, uh, you know, cooperation is necessary. It was necessary for the emergence of uh, language uh, during the Stone Age period. So right now, um, as far as you know, technology, it's it's probably the compass that is telling us that we need to work um, in, uh, as a collective, um, and we need we can't ignore uh, any of the components uh, that make up um, certain aspects of our civilization. And um, coming back to for example, we are talking about you know the, the blockchain. We're talking about jobs, um, and uh, and we're talking about information. Um, we've been seeing, we're currently experiencing, I think, um, an interesting shift, because uh, having us chasing technology somehow, the tools are kind of like honing us, and they're changing also the way we communicate and the way we do business and we, the way we manage projects. Um, well we're, t- we're learning we're in a learning curve we're experiencing a learning curve uh, in order to have uh, data to help us uh, artificial intelligence to augment uh, our capabilities and our intelligence and um, what do you think you know um, you know from the traveling perspective. So, being in different parts of the world and talking with entrepreneurs from many different types of backgrounds, uh, from the third world background, from the first world, etc. Um, do you think that something that used to be uh, a utopia, so uh, the concept of earthlings, so citizens of, of planet Earth, uh, do you think all these concepts, uh, um, you know, you know that the used to be, you know, the uh, think about thinking about you know beyond uh, boundaries and beyond limits. Uh, do you think technology is going to help us achieve this? Uh, or uh, uh, you think that it would be more about not really about the technology but more about the process and the bureaucratical aspects on how to handle uh, you know communication between humans through technology. that will help us eventually achieve this step where we are truly, becoming citizens of planet Earth what do you think about this
1: yeah uh, yeah look, I, th- I think on one hand it's a great question and I think it's an interesting one because it illustrates how, how deeply uh, contradictory humans are because um, on one hand like like we talk, like the with the ability to travel is much easier we can move much faster um, like and also I guess also for me personally like the, the traveling is good on one hand personally because I do like to see new places and try different food and different things on the other hand most of the places I get to and the people I meet even if they're from that part of the world I probably have a digital relationship with them already so therefore um, you're not kind of going to, to meet new people but you're going to kind of put put a face to the person who you've probably been chatting with working with have probably like you say, because you can, with GitHub and things like this, you know, um, if someone creates something cool and amazing in some part of the world, the time lag now between the rest of the world, learning and leveraging and building on it is much, much shorter than it used to be. And uh, there was one book that spoke about, you know, even in the Reformation, uh, many interesting things were often getting discovered and invented simultaneously in different places. And one guy wasn't copying the other. It was just that as overall humanity had, had reached a level of information that it became possible to make the next breakthrough insight. And therefore, while da Vinci may have discovered something, someone else, like I guess like Charles Darwin um, and the evolution of the species, someone else also came to the same conclusions because it was logical based upon what humanity found at that point. So therefore, the now with the communications, we definitely can communicate and learn about good ideas faster, and that's great. I mean, and also, you know, Google Translate has improved to the point, you know, it is better. Everyone has complained about it, but at the same time, it's not a static tool, and it has got a lot better. And, you know, I've had communications with people in Chinese and Japanese, where obviously I don't speak those languages. The message comes in, I put it into Google Translate, I read what it says in English, and then I work out what I'd like to say, and I translate it back. And I know we've moved beyond that, even though, we, you know, that can be now done in real time for us anyway. So this, all of these things enable us to, to like you say, move towards potentially being global Earth citizens. And, and that's, that's cool. And that's good. And I hope that happens. And yeah, at the same time. Because of the pace of change moves so fast, which we've discussed as well, you then get the Brexits and the Trumps and things like that and nationalist movements in various, like Hungary and other countries. I mean, Italy also, you know, was looking to go down that path. Um, So you've got this thing where, why, why do we have this contradictory thing? And I think it's because the change is exciting, revolutionary and interesting, but at the same time... Uh, you know, in each in each country, you know, the population is not monolithic, and some people are deeply disconcerted by change because, obviously, you know in some ways it's natural to resist change because change is different it's not like how things used to be and usually the next thing you can add to that is things are not as good as they used to be in germany is something you will often hear from an older generation and on one hand they may be true to some degree except that everyone's living longer they're healthier their quality of life is better like stephen pinker says less people are being murdered and killed in wars, but but those are those are big figures, and humans have trouble dealing with big figures. So, it, so, so even as they live longer, they say that life is harder, and yet they've lived longer. You know, the average life expectancy in some countries used to be 35 to 45. So, therefore, we are moving forwards, but be, but but because the, maybe the pace of change isn't now so much faster than it used to be, that can be quite disconcerting. And then also, the nationalist movements have happened a little bit because people, while overall you could say we are living longer and living healthier, not everybody is necessarily benefiting at the same rate. And, you know, technology has created the ability for a few companies and individuals to have fantastically large amounts of wealth relative to everyone else in in disproportionate ways, much more than it used to be. So therefore we are moving forward, things are getting better, but at the same time the distribution it's very hard, you know, it's, say Airbnb, it's, if you suddenly nail something, you know, it was wrong, it was wrong, and then it worked, and then suddenly you're, you're worth billionaires, you know, that's a... And that's an insane change to your personal status and the amount of wealth that you own. And in the tech area, you know, we first talk about um, unicorns and then it became decacorns, as in, you know, companies worth 1 billion or companies worth 10 billion. And these are amounts that are almost incomprehensible for possibly, I don't know, 30, to 50% of the world, you know, who, who earn, you know, a, a tiny, tiny fraction of that. So therefore we are moving things are going into an interesting place and we are we are able those of us who are online and connected are having these interesting conversations and things are moving fast with people all over the world Um, but on the other hand with the humans being contradictory we also have people that that feel that they don't like this although they're not if you had to get them to articulate what it is they don't actually like it becomes a bit vague and nebulous and a lot of the brexit the Brexit vote, in many ways, it seems like it was one on emotional issues that weren't really as fact-based as the people who are arguing them would put it forwards. But, you know, as with the Facebook ads and, the you know, the election there, if you press the right emotional buttons, then you may manipulate people to move in ways that aren't necessarily in their best interest, but you've, you've, you've appealed to them emotionally. So, therefore, you're saying... Where are we at? And I, I, th- I think overall, we are more connected. I think, you know, the fact that China's just landed something on the other side of the moon, India's looking to land on the moon as well. And, you know, the, even the space is becoming privatized, and that's probably a good thing because when it was, you know, solely NASA and state-funded, things move slower. All of these things, and like you say, Elon Musk's rationale is, is to, to promote the survival of the species, you know? And I think that's a very positive, forward-looking thing. Um, So I think a lot of things are good. And at the same time, I guess it's good to have people who don't agree because then we can keep evaluating. And, and up until the Brexit and the Trump elections, there was just a belief in liberalism and that things were going forward and that everything, everybody would be better off. But those re- those election results clearly show that not everyone feels that and actually maybe not everyone is better off. So I think it's, it's complex, but we have to keep looking at it and being aware that it's not... Otherwise, we, the other—if we don't question things like this, then we move to like a, the, the, a techno solutionist point of view, where tech can solve everything. But the thing is, is that tech probably shouldn't be brought in to solve some things. And they said, you know, like, there was a homelessness app, and you know, the homeless guy hits the app to do things, and they were saying, well, maybe that's not actually the solution because that's just disconnecting people from people. So I think we have to try and get this balance between embracing all the values that tech can give us, at the same time as Working out what it is to be human and, and how you're human, as well as just, you know, matrix plugged into the machine. So
0: definitely. difficult question. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, we could be talking, could be being talking about it for hours. It's, uh, but it's definitely, been, you know, a huge topic. And um, so. Of last question, okay, uh, this is a okay. question that I ask to all the people I, I, I talk with uh, either either over the phone or, or here on the podcast uh, because, um, you know, I'm books obsessed, I'm obsessed about knowledge in general and um, if you will have uh, one or two books uh, that you think are you know, in your opinion, they really made a change in 2018 in your life. Uh, So something that they told, they teach you, and uh, books that maybe you will come back sort of as a reference. Uh, What would be your choice? Uh, It could be one or two titles okay
1: well i guess the first is the one that i've mentioned because the 21st lessons for the 21st century um just because i think it makes you stop and try and remember to look at the big picture and i think that's important because like we get sent a lot of books to review so we do read things and you can drill down into this or that but but I think Jovo is really trying to step back a little bit because you could say his his two previous books, once about the past, once about the future, this one's aiming to sort of be about the now to the near, the very near future. And I think it's something that is worth reading. You don't need to agree with it all. He, he recognises that, you know, it's... It's easy to criticize other things, but it's hard to work out what what the right solution is and and even that level of just saying Well, let's pull back and look at the big picture. I think it makes it well worth reading I think it came out maybe half a half a year ago, but it, I think it's still a very relevant and interesting book and It's definitely one and it's not too long. So therefore it's useful in that way to read So that's definitely one that I've enjoyed reading. I am enjoying reading at the moment um, What else? Um, I guess the, the blockchain revolution. They brought a rev- they brought a revised edition out in 2018 by Don and Alex Tapscott. And again, the first book was the, the book was very useful two years ago. But even so, much, things move so fast that I thought it was great. And in the revised version, there's like a hundred new pages where they've gone and found how do things play out. And I think this is the thing. We are still in a very early stage for these things. And so those are two books that I think I have found useful. And I've 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 recommended other people to have a look at to get one a big picture and two a, a, a more detailed analysis of what blockchain can be used for. So those are two. I mean Come back and ask me again and I'll give you a list of ten <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, same for me. Awesome. All right. Thank you for your time Simon and um, thank I you. Look forward maybe in, in the future uh, We will have another chat maybe say, you know halfway during 2019 August July Maybe some awesome. interesting stuff to talk about. All right. Take care. I look forward to
1: reading the book as well. Yeah, oh, yeah thank
0: definitely. you. <laughs> bye bye. Okay.